0: Hello everyone. It's another glorious day here in London, England. Routines are pretty much established in the Mr. M household, and my wife and I are getting around five hours sleep each and every night. I'm told that with a three-week-old, that's pretty good. I'm trying something new with this week's podcast to encourage a little bit of synergy with the blog post. This is part two of my seven skills report. Part one is the blog post, which you can read and subscribe to over at MrMsMusings.com. I'll repeat the bullet points from the blog post here. I'm not a total monster, but if you want the finer details, you'll have to read the post. Is this a good idea? I think so. My wife, not so much. I'm keen to know what you guys think. Please let me know in the comments or tweet me at Mr. underscore M. underscore Musing on Twitter. Speaking of Twitter, I posted an article I found recently about the flaws in comparing different education systems. It's not one of mine. It was written by a guy named Jerry Gowl, I think. But uh, given my recent blog post about Pisa, Tims and Pearls, he and I seem to be on the same page, so I thought it was a decent read. Anyway, I've posted it on Twitter, you can have a look. Also, scanning the worldwide education news, I see that President Biden has declared April 12th as National Education and Sharing Day. He stated in a White House proclamation, which is very grand, we don't proclaim things here in England, that making a better America includes making high-quality preschool available to every three- and four-year-old in America and coming together to address the invisible toll on children's mental health. So that's nice. I wonder if it will catch on over here. April 12th is the day before my birthday, so I'm more for people being in a sharing mood. Right! Seven skills for successful children. Let's get going! With information into the world of education and tips on how to survive teaching, I'm Mr. M. These are my musings. This week's podcast and blog post are inspired both by a report I found by psychologist Michelle Borber in CNBC's Make It website. Or is it an ezine? zine Are e-zine still a thing? Anyway, um, Michelle and her husband wrote a whole book on teaching children self-esteem back in the 70s, although interestingly she seems to have changed her mind on the self-esteem bit and now prefers self-confidence. For more on this, check out my blog post, Praise Them Till They Know Their Praise. I believe it's episode 7. Um, she's appeared on the Today Show uh, more than 150 times, and she's even appeared on Dr. Phil, so I think it's fair to assume that she knows what she's talking about. Skills 1 to 3 were covered in the blog post, which you can find over at MrMsmusings.com. But very briefly, they were self confidence, which is allowing children the freedom and environment in which to make mistakes and comfortably learn from them. This is not the same as praising them for trivial things or for personality or character based achievements. It's strictly goal based. Like, you don't give up and look at what you've managed to do. Not well done, good effort, nice work, or any of the other sticker based platitudes that we see littered around the place. It has to be goal based and achieved based on efforts and actually doing something. If you're encouraging risk-taking and celebrating mistakes as part of the learning journey, then you're already teaching self-confidence. Great. The next school covered was empathy, which involves sympathy first, understanding your own emotions by labelling them and asking questions about them and sharing them with others, and then successfully recognising those emotions in others and acting with compassion. Again, if you're in a school that uses restorative justice, or if you stop to ask the children how a character might be feeling in a story, you're already teaching empathy. Well done, you. Finally, in the blog post, we covered self-control, which is the ability to interrupt your own base desires, to carry on reading when you've been told to stop, to continue playing when the whistle goes, to kick, scratch, or bite the person who is annoying you when you've been told you shouldn't. Um, and it forces a stressed pause. Now, in the blog, um, I explain how A little bit of stage hypnosis mixed with a dash of neurolinguistic programming can really help children achieve this. It sounds uh, complicated. It's really not. It's easy to do. It's also not at all dangerous. Don't worry. No one's going to be clucking around like a chicken. And if I can do it, you can do it because I was taught um, and I've I've listed it in the blog post, but you'll have to read the blog post to find that out. Um, And that's where the blog post ends. Believe it or not, it's pretty long. Um, hence my decision to cover the rest in this podcast episode, which itself is is lengthy. Uh, we've got skills four through seven to cover, so if you're sitting comfortably, we'll get going. Skill number four, then, is integrity. The knowledge and application of a combined social moral compass. Now, I've added the social part here because I think it's important that a child is taught how to behave in society. A serial killer can behave with integrity according to their own set of morals. Dexter had integrity. Hannibal Lecter only went for the people he felt deserved it. I don't think we want to encourage that kind of behavior. It's important to teach children that there is a socially accepted set of morals. Now, I'm not saying that you should be creating dutiful little automatons. A little bit of anarchy should be totally encouraged. But if they don't understand and employ society's rules, they're going to have a tough time. There is a fantastic YouTube video called How to Order Pizza Like a Lawyer that explains this concept very, very well. However, teaching integrity in the classroom is as simple as pointing out when a child has made a decision to do the right thing. This could be telling the truth about a friend's misbehaviour or admitting when they've broken a pencil. You'll know the situation when it arises and you've probably already taught integrity at some point this academic year. I remember a couple of years back, one of my year five children, that's 910 year olds, Was helping me with some data entry. She'd taken a bunch of work home and was eagerly entering test results into a Google sheet. Now, don't worry, it wasn't sensitive information. It was just spelling and times tables results. Um, And she accidentally deleted the entire table. The very next day, before school started, she asked if she could speak with me. She seemed very nervous, which was unlike her. So we went into the classroom and she told me what had happened. She was very relieved when I showed her the magic of Google's revision history and we got it all back. And I told her how happy I was that she told me straight away. Now, looking back, I should have outright stated that that showed great integrity, but I didn't have this podcast back then, so I didn't know any better. Learn from my mistakes. In short, if you've ever said to a child, just tell me the truth so we can deal with the situation quickly, and you've respected them for telling the truth, the truth may set you free, but that doesn't always mean you'll escape being in trouble, then you've been teaching integrity. Just in future, make sure you mention it by name. Skill number five is curiosity. According to Dr. Borber, Uh, Curiosity is the recognition, pursuit, and desire to explore novel, challenging, and uncertain events. I'm not going to dwell on this one. I think we all understand how teaching curiosity works. Don't answer every question. Encourage open-ended questions. Have a wonder wall. Literally, go to padlet.com and set one up. Password protect it for privacy and allow the children to write questions. Password protect it for privacy and allow the children to write questions and discover answers. I used to have one for my science topic. This one was set up in columns for I think, I know, and I wonder. And one for reading books and one for whatever humanities topic was being covered. And the children would absolutely populate the heck out of it. I was genuinely impressed and surprised and happy. Every day I would look at it and somebody would have posted something else. And the things they found online were just fantastic. And obviously because they're using direct links and stuff, they've referenced everything. Uh, And it was just great, but really encouraged that curiosity. Now, I would say that the skill of self-confidence is symbiotic with this one. Say you're on a school trip and a child spots someone doing something. Now, in London, it's usually buskers or street performers on the way to the actual destination. And the kid asks what the person is doing or why they're doing it. Tell them to go and ask. If it's safe, don't send them across a busy road or into the arms of, you know, one of the aforementioned serial killers. If it's safe, tell them. Go and ask it. Encourage that curiosity. Give it to them as a bonus homework project. Free up some time on a Friday afternoon for them. Free up some time on a Friday afternoon for them to present their findings to the class. It's all accessible, after all. Why not? Oh, and by the way, if you're asking open-ended questions about the story that you're reading with the class, then you're teaching curiosity. And I know, I know, I said the same thing about empathy, but there you go, two birds, one stone. You're welcome. Like I said, you're already doing a lot of this stuff but isn't it great to have it reinforced by a doctor of philosophy and a fellow teacher on a podcast? Skill six is perseverance. It's the ladder in the pit, if you've used growth mindset materials. It's the abstraction of the maths problem. It's the writing the basic sentence first and then building on it to make it wonderfully rich and complex. It's every time we tell a child to go back and improve their work. We're teachers. Our whole raison d'etre is compare yourself to today, to who you were yesterday, and aim to be even better tomorrow. It's all perseverance. I'm sorry, I have a very dry throat today, so uh, I might be a bit croaky. And I'm not going to stop and get some water because I am stubborn. Um, An important thing to note here is that perseverance is not carrying on independently until the whole task is finished. No, perseverance and self-confidence are built over time. At first, the child might need help writing a list of tasks to accomplish. Over time, the items on the list can grow in complexity, just as the self-confidence to complete the list grows. Eventually, the child can make their own lists, listen to episode 7 for more on using lists as an adult, and they can be responsible enough to complete it independently, which also shows integrity. See, these skills just build and encourage on each other. It's just oh, like Lego bricks. I love it. Now, I'm currently teaching a couple of children, mixed ages, who really struggle with perseverance. The second they encounter a problem, they fall apart. It's a real struggle for me and for them because they're not completing their work. And every time they give up, they can't fail if they don't try, you see, they reinforce the idea that they wouldn't have been able to do it anyway. They lack self confidence. They lack integrity. They would rather lie to themselves and to me that they can't do it than attempt and possibly make a mistake. They lack curiosity. They don't even care what the outcome might be. It's really tough. Imagine how different those sessions would be if they'd learned these seven skills much earlier on in life and were willing to just have a go. If they were slightly curious about what the answer might be, if they had the confidence to say, well, this is what I think it is. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. We'll go back and check. Like I said, not two minutes ago, all of these skills build on each other and encourage progression with each other. They're just Fantastic. Anyway, let's go on to the final skill, which is optimism. How many times have you cringed as you've heard a parent say, I was never any good at math, so she won't be either. Uh, apologies for the voice there, but that's usually how I hear it. It's an incredibly pessimistic view of education, and one we're faced with on a daily basis. Now, you can't control what parents say, but you can control what you say. We'll stick with maths for a bit, because that seems to be the area that most pessimism stems from, in my experience. I'm a big fan of writing a problem on the board, and saying that I don't know how to solve it. Sometimes I genuinely don't know how to solve it. Uh, Then I offer the following options to the class. I say that we can either give it a go, and try to use the math skills that we have, or we can cry about it, declare all math stupid, and give up. Now, there may be some children in the room who would choose a second option, so possibly my tongue-in-cheek approach is a little bit dangerous. But by making it a joint decision, optimism tends to win. The children agree that attempting the problem is better than ignoring it. That's optimism, because we're at least acknowledging that a solution exists. Now, with this in mind, remember that children are little living mirrors to your own personality. If you commonly use pessimistic language, or it's raining again, typical, Mondays, am I right? Why is this term or week or day so long? Why can't you just behave for once? If you use any of these phrases, then children are going to pick up on that pessimism. And I get it. We're human. We all have off days. I've said many times on this podcast how I found myself in a grumpy mood right as the children were coming in for the morning. But I owned it. And more importantly, I told the children that I would be in a better mood soon. So my advice for unveiling optimism, at least in front of the kids, is to start ending negative sentences with a happy but. A happy but is where you take a negative thought, why is the week so long, and you append it with a positive but phrase. For example, this week feels like it's taking forever, but it's already Thursday, which is basically Friday Eve, which means that it's the weekend soon, and I think we all need a break. You get the idea. It's not just good for teaching optimism, it's good for your mental health as well. Become that smiling idiot who sees the good in everything. In the words of Elwood P. Dowd, in this world, you must be oh so smart, or oh so pleasant. Well, for years I was smart, I recommend pleasant. Okay, technically, it was his mother who said it. By the way, if you've never seen the Jimmy Stewart film Harvey, you absolutely should. It will make you smile. And that's it. That's all seven skills. The link to the original report is available either in the show notes for this episode or in the references at the end of the blog post. Uh, The show notes also include any links that I've mentioned. If you've listened this far, I thank you very much. Last week, I was able to give a shout out to some people who contacted me via my YouTube channel. Everything is Mr. M's Musings, so just Google Mr. M's Musings YouTube, you'll find it. Uh, The week before, I was able to say hi to my listeners in America. This week, I can say hi to Christina Simpson, who contacted me to tell me off, but not mentioning that she has been recommending me to her fellow teachers. Apologies, Christina, you are a legend. Please keep recommending the blog, the YouTube channel, and the podcast. I can't do it without awesome people like you. If you've enjoyed this or any of the previous episodes, let me know. You can contact me through YouTube or Twitter or via email. You can leave a comment over on MrMsMusings.com or you can leave a rating uh, on Spotify and a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. I read everything. I always appreciate it. I always reply. And I really hope this has been helpful. And until next time, remember, you can do this. You're awesome. Mr. M's Musings, the podcast, was written and edited by Carl Hadley Morris. The music is Busy City by Track Tribe. If you like what you've heard, please let me know by leaving a rating or dropping me a comment in Twitter. Similar content can be found at www.mrmsmusings.com and you can hire Mr. M to tutor your child or speak at your school. Head over to www.igniteducation.co.uk or email info at igniteeducation.co.uk for more information. Thanks for listening and I will catch you next time.